You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Okay, I, this is a lot. I'm just going to explain it, and then we'll talk about it from there, okay? So just just bear with me on this. For centuries, aliens from a far-off galaxy have locked up their prisoners in the perfect stronghold, Earth humans' brains. And humans are not aware of this, but sometimes prisoners escape from their unknown hosts like a jailbreak, and it is up to the assigned guard of Earth to capture and control the escapees. And in 1380... That is exactly what happens. An alien escapes its human host and terrorizes a village until a portal opens up and a modern-day SUV drives out of it with a cyborg guard looking quite Iron Man-esque. He and his robot sidekick Thunder capture the prisoner and bring it back through the portal to modern day, but not before they rescue a human baby who is nearly the victim of the alien criminal, causing a small crack in the time-space system. Ten years later, the child... I want to say Ein Ian. or Ian. Okay, Ian. I apologize. Yeah, I'm going to butcher all these names. Ian has grown into an inquisitive little girl who suspects that her dad is some sort of robot who has done experiments on her brain and is fending off an alien invasion. And while all this is happening, back in the 14th century, a group of Taoist magicians, including a masked man who leads a secret gang, searches for the legendary Divine Sword, Murik, a clumsy martial artist and pseudo-Jedi airbender, while looking for the sword, runs into a mysterious woman named Leanne who carries a police-issue Glock from modern day. Yeah, this movie has a lot going on. Oh. I'm T.C. Dewitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by my fellow defenders of space-time, Tessa. Hello! Chad. Greetings, human being, sir. <laughs> and Lewayne. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Did anyone else feel like they just binged an entire first season of a show? Yes. Agreed. First off, did anybody realize this was two hours and 20 minutes when they started it? As soon as I started it, I looked and I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that's my day. Yeah. Yeah. I I checked the time before it started. I'm going to say this right up front. This ends with a to be continued. So do not expect to get any sort of culmination or conclusion or closure into this. This is a two-part movie. The next part's coming out next year. So there's that. <laughs> Did you? And I didn't know that was going to happen. So when that happened at the end, I was like, are you shitting me? Like, yeah, so many concepts that were, like, introduced and, like, now it's like, oh, nope, we're, we're done here. Aye, aye, aye. See you next year. Yeah, I was I was looking at the clock and I'm like, Mm, this doesn't look like it's gonna oh it's not gonna wrap up okay <sighs> well it, it has a really good third act right in the yeah. middle <laughs> of the movie <laughs> once all the ideas start congealing a little more clearly so we kind of can see why certain things are connected to here and the 14th century I, I really started appreciating what this movie was trying to do if, if i could 
compared to anything, this feels a lot like The Eternals. We're jumping through time. There's a whole lot of characters. There's a lot of concepts going out on the table. But as muddled as both these stories are, this one plays into the comedy. There's a lot of goofiness happening yeah. into this thing. I, I like this movie. I mean, it's it's got flaws. Uh, yeah. One of my biggest flaws is the, the VFX. But it's still, <laughs> like, this is a South Korean film. It's funny. Sure. It's got some good actors in it. It's got some good action. Like, you do get lost a little bit in some of the metal-punching metal. Like, it's, it's very, like, Transformers 1 to me, where the CGI wasn't, like, quite there yet. I really wish this would have had a resolution. I'm definitely <laughs> up for watching the sequel or the part two next year i see a lot of judgment in tessa's eyes as she listens to you talk right it's now fine. Huh? it's fine it's oh it's just my face movie. i'm sorry i have like resting judgy face i don't know <laughs> i just have a rubber face uh listen i'm not i'm not afraid to stand up for this movie do it yeah, yeah. dude you stood up for resident evil the series man i did I think for no other reason than just to stand up for it because nobody <laughs> else would. I thought it was fun. I mean, I was I was entertained uh, while it was mildly confusing. Is this supposed to be like based off of like a novelization or like a comic book or this something? This is a wholly original idea from the writer director. He worked on this screenplay over COVID. Mm -hmm. He refined it over the course of a year mm -hmm. and secured the budget. He has previously done a film that deals with Taoists and time travel, a lot of similar concepts, mm -hmm. which by the critics' reactions out of Korea, that movie is tighter and cleaner and tackles a lot it of the subject matter. A little more. Yeah, it would have to be. Succinctly. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoy, like, sci-fi fantasy mashups. Like, one mm -hmm. of my favorite animated films is A Flight of Dragons, mm -hmm. which is about, like, science versus fantasy. Yeah, yeah it's just a period piece with sci-fi and fantasy, which I'm fine with. There's time travel, and there's alien parasites, and tentacles, and robots, and holograms, and... Go, uh, sort of go, kidnap go, children. Go, 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 um, go. <laughs> I mean, a time traveling vehicle. It's not DeLorean. It's a Jeep, but whatever. Um, I mean, this movie, it has everything. It does. Literally. You mentioned an anime just now. Halfway through this, I really enjoyed this for the most part. I don't want to sit here and criticize it to the point where you think I didn't like it. I actually did like this quite a bit. There was a point when we spent a lot of time in the 14th century with those characters that I thought, this right here proves that you can do a live-action Avatar The Last Airbender mm. because it's the right amount of action, adventure, comedy, with enough drama in there as well to balance it all out. The action is very fun and silly in this. It's very drunken master meets crouching tiger. A lot of wire foo, but some fun cartoonish effects as well where a wind-up and a hit, and someone goes flying 300 feet away. There's some good stuff to be had here. I appreciated this movie for, you know, with making our own stuff and just the way we make movies nowadays. But, you know, so much, especially in the past 10 years, we just, yeah, we'll do it in VFX. Like, VFX everything, it doesn't matter. This movie does have a lot of live-action stunts, mm -hmm. and they use VFX when necessary. And I like, and it might not have looked as clean as it could have been, but I appreciated this movie for doing, you know, the wire kung fu because that shit's still fun to look at and watch. Just the effortless walking across air, like running across Dancing rooftops. over rooftops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the casual leap to the top of a building, you know. Yeah. And of our main stories, we have this cyborg guard 
who's stuck on Earth. He has to wait 10 years for the next shipment of prisoners. He's raising a daughter to try to normalize himself. And we have his sidekick, Thunder, who is actually the one interested in raising this little girl and has almost a an imaginary friend-type relationship with her. Well, the guard is, like, super serious. His sidekick counterpart is very goofy. And the actor gets to play all these variations of Thunder. Is this really TC? Or is this some sort of tentacle <sighs> alien <laughs> parasite? Well, yeah, has he been possessed by an alien, or is he actually a cybernetic guard? <laughs> Uh, we find that term offensive. I mean, uh, they they find that term as offensive. <laughs> they find that term offensive, <laughs> as I hear. But that was actually one of the things that was kind of funny about Thunder, though, because his, his what seems to be like his I say he, uh, he primarily he male form. His primary form seems to be like almost like Eve from Wally. Sure, he's also the Range Rover that they travel around in, and he's also two <laughs> or three different versions of the guard. Yeah. We're guards in in like these weird ass rockabilly and Elvis looking outfits. Mamma Mia, <laughs> dude, this thing should be an unwatchable mess, and it's not. It's entertaining as hell. It is coherent. You can follow it, even though the jumping between the two time periods is a little. Whoa, we're here again. What about the? As soon as you start thinking, what was going on in the? Oh, we're back. We go back there. Once you start making the connections as to what the link is between the stories and how they come together. Then it's like, oh, okay, now I got it. Oh, well, then that was why this thing was going on. I don't have the time to watch it again soon, but I wouldn't mind watching it again soon. A third act exposition dump setting it up for the sequel that I did not appreciate. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. Maybe because we didn't know there was going to be a sequel to this, we were all expecting it. Versus like, uh, we're going to go see uh, The Hobbit uh, 1. I, I wonder what the second movie is going to be about. You know, like we, we know what's going to happen, but... I, I will give credit to this movie because a lot of times with these time travel stories or stories where we're hopping to different timelines, it can get really sloppy and messy really quick. Cloud Atlas. <coughs> Sorry, I just hit yeah, yeah, yeah. something in my throat. <laughs> they took the time to build each world where we're spending like 20 minutes on each timeline and then we don't harshly cut back to the you know future of the past like it. It moves very well. So I, I did appreciate the movie for that. I, I think this movie's more like a sloppy Joe, where like everything's there. It's delicious. It's delicious. Absolutely <laughs> delicious. But it's still messy. And when you bite into it, you're going to get it on your face and probably on your shirt. But you're going to eat it off the plate after you're done. You're going to get a fork and you're like, no, I'm going to continue yeah, yeah, to yeah. enjoy this mess. Like, I know this fell off later earlier, but it's still delicious. Put that on the poster. And you're going to get another one if you have a chance. You're going to get another one if you have a chance. <laughs> South Korea is going to be like, what the fuck is a sloppy Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Americans. Uh, meanwhile, in the 14th century, that storyline is a lot of fun because we have this bumbling wizard who is a bounty hunter and he's got his two cat sidekicks that manifest into human form. <laughs> he's got this fan that he can pull swords out of. There's clearly magic involved in here and not yeah. some sort of scientific tech. But the scientific tech is also there as well. So I, there's no explanation why there's magic as well as sci-fi stuff. And I, that's where I, I use the airbender comparison where you get into sure. Legend of Korra and you're like, all right, we got magic and we got tech. They just coincide and that's just the way it is. I enjoy that comparison. I like Legend of Korra a lot. But I was kind of uh, reticent to, to make that comparison, you know, just because it's not an American fantasy film. You know, we kind of will lean towards comparisons to 
Oh, uh, sure. You know, stuff like that. I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) I know. uh, Oh, you're fine. I'm not claiming that all stuff like this is airbender. I just but was using we literally a... had someone who could control air, so yeah, yeah. that's right. that's where that's coming from. And he wore blue and had a big old fan, uh, the accessory for for some decent airbending. If um, if anything, I mean that as a high compliment of like if you like this, then you're gonna like that sort of thing. There's many uh, Japanese, Korean, just Eastern films that deal with this. I said Crouching Tiger earlier for the wire foo and the magic of that, but there's Korea just keeps pumping out these very very interesting movies in every genre and dude south korea is slaying it yeah mm-hmm. and i'm i'm gonna put this into that category of interesting cool fun films i thought some of the cgi was good and then some of it was just so mm-hmm. uneven mediocre and like what is this like kind of like mid-aughts like playstation 4 graphics you know like the two robots fighting it looked like a playstation fight Mm, wasn't great but like the giant like amber egg i guess was pretty gorgeous Mm -hmm. i thought that was well done and it looked like it was in the hospital in the space you know occupying the space and it looked nice and if i was that lady i also would have been like i'm gonna touch this thing i don't know what it is it's some sort of amber container i'm sure it's fine but any of us who've watched any sci-fi films are like do not look in there do not stick your face in there (laughs) um that looked great but yeah the robot fight towards the end was not great yeah it's any interactive stuff like when they had the hud Mm -hmm. like oh the hud kind of sucked though too but anything that was like background sweetener for explosions and uh getting that background image to look good look great anytime the they would like bring up that light panel or whatever that looked cool. It it, it looked very uh, Iron Man two thousand eight mm. for some of the stuff, and it, and really the the worst CGI was their hero, and then the other thing that he fights mm-hmm. that's equivalent the other to mutant version of that sort of thing. You know? Yeah, and, and it's fine. South Korea isn't behind us technically. It's just I don't, I mean, I don't know. Now I'm just talking shit. You can cut that out. I don't even. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to pretend like I know why it looks like that. Could be a budget thing, could be a whatever, but it does feel like it's dated. Fair point on the VFX, but I I do sense that the four of us all liked this in one capacity or another. I don't think any of us are walking away from this angry, so uh, Mm -hmm. why don't we just use that as a cue to start moving into some final thoughts. So, Tessa, why don't you uh, use your weird alien tentacles to go first? Oh, uh, sure. Uh, no, ugh, gross. Uh, <laughs> do some Foley. Yeah, I I wasn't mad about it, for sure. I was a little bit taken aback that, oh, there's a sequel, which is why I asked, you know, is this uh, a book or a manga or a comic or something that they would bank on people wanting a sequel in case it didn't do well, you know? Like, even if it didn't do great, there was, like, enough of, like, a fan base for it. But this guy is just, like, shooting his shot, man. So uh, props to him. I think he's done what? He's directed, like, 13 or something other films. I, I kind of glanced over. Yeah, this guy's been around, yeah. He, he directed <laughs> Little Big Planet, the video game. Oh, wow. okay. Uh, for PlayStation 3, yeah. Yeah, huh. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't mad about this. It was very long. I w- okay, so my criticisms are the VFX it ran a little bit long, but... It was still highly entertaining and fun and kind of goofy. Also a little bit sweet uh, with the robot dads. <laughs> I don't really know what else I can say uh, that we haven't already said already. So I'm going to give this, mm, you guys have 
swayed me to give it a slightly higher review. I'm going to give it a <laughs> six out of ten uh, fan pocket dimensions full of cats. Luane. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Once I got a handle on what was going on, I was fully engaged. The only reason I was paying any attention to how long it was is because I was watching this like right up to getting ready to this, to do this review and I wanted to make sure I was going to get it done. Yeah, VFX, a little eh, whatever. It is kind of sweet. So many different kinds of things that I love thrown together in a blender and poured out into this sort of weirdly chunky smoothie. In the end, I'm going to give it four out of five vending machines instead of refrigerators. <laughs> Very good. Chad? TC was here yesterday. And before he left, it's like, hey, we got that review tomorrow. Have you watched it yet? Nope. Okay, cool. Um, do you know what it's about? Nope. Have no idea. It was one of those, like, I just signed up for it. Either probably one of you guys signed up for it. And I'm like, yeah, I could hang out with these guys and talk about something. So when I finally turned it on today, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this film. And then I'm going to clean the house. Well, I didn't get to clean in the house today because I thought this was going to be like your normal hour and a half affair review that we were going to do here. But... <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised, and I, I, I wasn't prepared for a all-out action sci-fi gig, but I sure enjoy the ride. And in my old age, I've gotten a lot more forgiving, especially with the action genre. Like, you know, I can recall all the films that I grew up with. They're like, oh, they're flawless and blah, blah, blah. You know what? They're, they're not that great. So why can't I have a more open mind with stuff that... Maybe I wouldn't have liked so much years ago, but I, I don't know. Just an old man rambling about his movies. <laughs> I'm going to give this, yeah, eight and a half out of ten robot dads. <laughs> there are some really fun ideas here. It's an action adventure movie. It's a period piece. It's a coming of age tale. There's a lot of fun stuff, but this might be a little much for some folks. It really does feel like cramming a whole season of a show down your throat. But I enjoyed a lot of this. I, I'll watch the sequel I'll just be prepared for its length, and God help them if they set me up for another to be continued. <laughs> but what wins me over, I'm, I love time travel stories, so right there you got me. But I really like the characters and how clearly we, we experience the journey with certain sets of characters. We have a very unique family unit. We got a clumsy bounty hunter and his cat sidekicks. We got a pair of wizards who aren't married, a looming evil in both timelines, and a mysterious girl with a Glock in the 13th century. Yeah. Just talking out with you three, I actually think I'm going to give this a higher grade than I came in here to give it, which tends to happen from time to time. But here I am. I'm going to also give it 8 out of 10 poisoned rice antidotes. All right. Uh, well, if I had a fan that could pull a creature out of it, and if it was a cat, I know the ambivalence of kittens, I would be screwed in a fight. Help me, kitty. Okay. <laughs> Don't help me, kitty. I would Bastards. I would hope I could get a guinea pig out of my <gasps> fan. I think Tessa's going to fight your guinea pig. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of guinea pigs. I got bit by one really bad on my thumb as a child and probably should have had stitches. It was rough. So uh, I do not trust guinea pigs. Do not the trust. The battle lines have been drawn, folks. Here we go. <laughs> To be continued. 